Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, I'm about to read the last chapter of 1 Kings, and it contains a very interesting story that is so unusual. I've got to comment on it briefly before we start. First of all, it's repeated in 2 Chronicles chapter 18 um, with some additional detail. So this um, 1 Kings 22 and 2 Chronicles 18 tell the same story. But in essence, during this chapter, uh, the Lord decides that Ahab, um, it's time for Ahab to die. And so there's a scene in about the middle of the chapter where the Lord is seated in heaven, surrounded by the multitudes of beings around him in eternity, and he starts asking for recommendations on how Ahab should die. And so he literally takes suggestions from these beings around him. It's very unusual. So pay close attention. It's, um, it's, it starts in verse 19, so about midway through this long chapter. First Kings 22. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see Ahab, the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us, and yet we're doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First, seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go up to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they all answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of Yahweh here of whom we can inquire? The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. It's always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imla. The king should not say such a thing, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called out one of his officials and said, Bring me Micaiah, son of Imla, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and and uh, Josephat, the king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance to the gate of Samaria, with all of the prophets prophesying all around them. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanai, who had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says, With these you will gore the Aramines until they are destroyed. All of the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hands. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the other prophets without exception are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can only tell him what the Lord tells me. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or not? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for the Lord will give it to the king's hands. The king said to him, How many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? 
Then Micaiah answered, I saw all of Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me but only bad? Micaiah then continued, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all of the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this, and another suggested that. Finally, a spirit stepped forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micaiah replied, you will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says, put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Micaiah declared, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, Mark my words, all of you people. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone, small or great, except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, and they stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit Ahab, the king of Israel, between the sections of his armor. The king told his chariot driver, Wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long the battle raged, and the king was propped up in his chariot, facing the Aramines. The blood from his wound ran onto the floor of the chariot, and that evening he died. As the sun was setting, a cry spread throughout the army, Every man to his tent, every man to his land. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried him there. They washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria where the prostitutes bathed, and the dogs licked up Ahab's blood as the word of the Lord had declared. As for the other events of Ahab's reign, including all that he did, the palace he built and adorned with ivory, and the cities he fortified, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Ahab rested with his ancestors, and Ahaziah, his son, succeeded him as king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king of Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. 
Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azba, daughter of Shehi. In everything, he followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Jehoshaphat was also at peace with the king of Israel. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, the things he achieved, and his military exploits, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? He rid the land of the rest of the male shrine prostitutes who remained there even after the reign of his father Asa. There was then no king in Edom, a provincial governor ruled. Now Jehoshaphat built a fleet of trading ships to go to Ophir for gold, but they never set sail. They were wrecked at Ezon Geber. At that time, Ahaziah, son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with yours. But Jehoshaphat refused. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David his father. And Jehoram, his son, succeeded him as king. Ahaziah, son of Ahab, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord because he followed the ways of his father and mother and of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. He served and worshiped Baal and aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Now, friends, that's a long chapter, but it contains this very unusual story. First, um, Ahab makes an alliance with Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and they go out to war against Syria, essentially. They're planning to go to war. And uh, the, the king of Judah wants a prophet of Yahweh. So Ahab said, well, there's this one guy, Micaiah, who hates me, but he always says bad things about me, but he's still around. So Jehoshaphat says, well, get him. I want to hear what he has to say. Meanwhile, there's 400 false prophets saying, you guys are going to destroy the Syrians. Please go fight them. Everything's great, etc." Now, when Micaiah begins to prophesy, he says, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. So the prophetic word takes the form of a vision. And he says, the Lord was sitting with all of the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. So there's this vast company of angelic beings, created beings, whatever they are, they're different with the four and 20 elders. We don't know who's there. And the Lord says to this assembled group, who will go and entice Ahab to attacking Ramoth Gilead? And going to his death there. Now, friends, this is a very strange exchange. The throne room of heaven is the location. Uh, Micaiah sees the Lord and all the hosts of heaven. And uh, a spirit steps forward and, and uh, suggests one thing and another suggests another. And so the Lord is actually soliciting opinions from the, the company around him. And finally, uh, the Bible says the spirit comes forward before the Lord and says, I'll go entice him. And the Lord says, well, how are you going to do it? He says, I'll go become a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets. And the Lord says, okay, that'll work. Go do it. And so this Micaiah tells uh, Ahab, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat, this is what's going on with all these lying prophets. It was decided in the courts of heaven 
among all the hosts of heaven that one being would become a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets telling you, yeah, go to Syria and uh, fight and you're, uh, you're going to win. But the truth is, you're going to die. And so lo and behold, Ahab goes out and uh, he's struck with an arrow and bleeds to death. But this uh, host of heaven thing, we'll come back to this from time to time. There's other, other um, books in the Bible and chapters in the Bible uh, that talk about this. As I said, Second Chronicles chapter 18 repeats this story. But just as a, a final note on this um, section of First Kings, Ahab was very important for his rulership, but Ahab's relatives continued to affect both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And so among the northern kingdom, Israel's king, Ahaziah and Jehoram were both Ahab's sons. So they're going to reign in the northern kingdom in succession. In Judah, there's a, a king, Joram, a different man, who marries Ahab's daughter. And then uh, King Ahaziah's mother was Athaliah, Ahab's sister. And she eventually becomes Judah's only uh, ruling queen, as far as we know biblically. And so his family will affect um, uh, both the northern and the southern kingdom for a while. And so our lives affect the lives of others. The lives that we lead affect the lives of our descendants. In the case of Ahab and Jezebel, they passed on uh, wickedness to their descendants, and it's going to uh, reap a harvest of, wit- of wickedness in generations to come. Lord, we pray that in our generation, we would reap a harvest of righteousness. Lord, that our descendants would know you, that our families would serve you and follow you. Lord, we pray that we would use the influence that we have on the sons and daughters of men to point them to Jesus. Lord, use our lives as signposts pointing to your kingdom and your ways. Lord, we love you. We want all men to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.